perfect broadcasting yeah. moment because now every Tennessee fan can hear that Jawan Jennings in yeah. their head. He that caught was, it. <laughs> that's Jennings. my broadcasting impersonation. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to Nice to Have a Friend, Season 2, Episode 3. We are already halfway through this season after today's episode, which is just crazy, but we are trucking along and loving this season so much, and we really hope you guys are too. Now, if you're new around here, before we get into the episode, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or share us with someone you know if you really enjoy this episode. This really helps us grow and meet new friends like you. And now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's move on to the real meat of nice to have a friend today. Lauren, how was your weekend? Um, I feel like I had a really good weekend. At first, I was like, dang, this weekend's going to be really busy. And if you guys know anything about me, I crave more than anything, like, unplanned time. Like, I hate when a two-week period goes by and I felt like every single moment of the two weeks was regimented and I'll just crash and burn. So I get really nervous when things are like very planned out and this weekend I thought was going to be but then it ended up being the perfect mix of family time and like hanging out and having some plans but then having no plans. So on Friday we actually went home because Preston's little brother was escorting someone in homecoming and his parents couldn't come because they were out of town so me and Preston went and got to be like the little chaperones and that was really fun actually because I love Preston's brother I feel like he's my little brother it's literally I never knew like an in-law relationship could Mm. be like this but do you feel that way with your sister-in-law like yeah I do but her family doesn't live here so I don't really get to see her sisters but when I have gotten to see them they're a lot of fun that they give Patrick a really hard time we get to hear about the funny things they do to him that I would do to him and so I feel endeared to them even though I don't see them a lot yeah I feel like when you think (laughs) about getting married you think about your spouse but you never really think about your in-laws that much like Mm -hmm. at least I didn't so it's been like really great that I love my brother-in-law so much I'm glad he was able to have homecoming still with all of this that's good you know fun fact I we didn't have homecoming at my school because it's all girls because it's all girls yeah we kind of had we sort of had like a homecoming queen-esque thing but it was a little different but we didn't have homecoming so I know Allison nope we're gonna not insert this in here I'm not self-promoing that was not the point but other than that (laughs) on Saturday it was actually Preston's birthday and it was our first like married birthday experience for him and it was really good we just had like no plans all day and just hung out here and got pizza and watched the UT game so it was literally perfect and then Sunday was my family reunion that we had every single year and it was outside and the weather was perfect so yeah it ended up being like actually a great weekend but what did you do this weekend I actually went home um I mainly went home because I had some things I needed to give to my parents but what's so funny is you saying that you stress when you have everything planned I up until the end of quarantine have always been the person that if I have unplanned time I get anxious. I know that that sounds kind of goofy. I was like, I just need to have at least one thing every day that I know that I'm doing. But oh, not this me. Is, I'm getting to the point now where the weekends are such good rest time, especially working the morning news shift now. Um, at, like the weekends are just God's gift to the world because I get to sleep past 3 a.m. I got to see my parents. I got to see my brother and my sister-in-law. College football was great. I actually came back to Knoxville right before Tennessee's game. And I was so stressed. I was trying to get back to our apartment so that I could watch the show yeah. open. And I was hustling. Um, but I like swiveled into a spot, got all my stuff, got into the apartment at 729, like one minute before the game oh started. My gosh. And then the Georgia-Arkansas game was running over. So we didn't, I didn't have to be hurrying. But yeah, I drove. I was about to say, I didn't get to watch 
from that because it literally cut from like that game to our game so yeah but yeah I tried to hurry to get back for the game in time and I ended up because that game was going over and they held the start of our game a little bit I ended up getting to watch the full thing which was great um it was really good to see Tennessee win if you are a Tennessee fan around here which I think most people who listen are at least in the Tennessee slash Knoxville area it was kind of nice to see a fatal blow go for us rather than against us at the end so that was really nice but I also felt so bad for that young man because I say young man and he's literally probably the same age as me that's just such an easy mistake like that's something our players would do yeah so I felt really bad for him but I mean would the game have we might still would have won even if he hadn't yeah maybe like potentially but I think yeah it was it was good to see something go in our favor for once Um, it felt like and I also feel the same way as you but it doesn't hit me as hard in football as it does in basketball um in this singular game yeah that was like a one person mess mess up so that was a little different but basketball especially in March Madness when teams lose and it's the end and they show them crying you feel so bad I feel so bad and I don't if it's SEC play I don't care like I'm Tennessee over everybody else everybody can lose and I don't care do you like watching like those feel good crying sports movies like Coach Carter yeah like that kind of stuff me too and the other day I was like Preston we should watch like all of those kind of sports movies like The Miracle on Mm Us, like all those and he was like "Mm, no I'm not really that interested so I was like okay well maybe Maybe me and Allison will have to. <laughs> well, I think it just speaks into the fact that if you're not someone who's super into sports, I, I get it. I I genuinely do. But there's so much more into it than just the gameplay. I really like the, the person. Yeah. Like, it's about the stories. People. It's about connecting people. It's about rivalry and tradition. There's so much more to it than the actual sport on the field. Um, so I think that that's why some of us get so into it. Before Lauren and I get too sidetracked about college football, I think this is a great way to introduce who our guest is for today. Not only is he a mutual friend of Lauren and I's and also a close friend of mine from work, he has really established himself as a great broadcaster. He works really hard and also has a lot of wisdom for people who love sports or are interested in getting into play-by-play, working in radio, maybe just doing something sports-related. But we also wanted to give you a little side note if you're not a big sports person. Yeah, if you are a total like casual sports fan or you don't even know what sports are, don't worry because I'm more in that boat and I still really enjoyed this conversation because our guest just has a lot of real world advice and he really had to pivot his career more than almost anyone we know resulting from COVID. So I think anyone can really get a lot out of this episode. Hey everyone, it's Lauren coming at you from our post-recording time here. I just wanted to mention that this was the first time we used a mic setup like this and we had a few hiccups that we weren't aware of until it was too late. Even though Allison worked her incredible editing genius on this episode, there still may be a few moments when you hear a few echoes or a few weird spots, but just look past all that so you can hear from our amazing guests this week and know that we will be back to stellar quality next week. So now without further ado, we'd like to introduce our guest for today, Andy Brock. Everyone, welcome to today's episode. We have a dear friend of mine and Lauren's as well, Andy Brock. Thank you for being here with us today, Andy. Guys, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. We actually both know Andy, but it's a little bit of a different backstory. So Lauren, how do you know who Andy is? Okay, 
I'm pretty sure that my mom thinks that Andy has a secret like angel wing mm-hmm. set and like halo on his body at all times because I had never gotten on an airplane, never been to an airport, and then I booked a flight for a six month or a six week trip to Italy for study abroad. And my mom was so nervous. She thought about booking a plane ticket just to like take me over there because she was so worried about me getting through the Atlanta airport. I can see this. Like going all by myself for the first time so she drives me to McGee Tyson and she like standing with me before I go through security and then like right next to us there's a mom and a guy and like me and my mom are obviously saying goodbye for like an extended period of time it's not just like see ya it's like bye mom and then this guy and his mom are always also like bye like it's like a long-winded thing and then like our moms talked after we both like walked off and I think Andy's mom said like oh where is she going and my mom was like Italy and Andy's mom was like oh my gosh Andy is too so his mom you did your mom call you yeah. and say like there's a girl with a blue backpack yeah. so what was funny is like it had not been like five minutes since after I said goodbye I was in the airport I get a call I was like okay what what's going on and she's like look for one of your friends who's going on this trip as she's fine for the first time and then uh, it didn't take me too long to figure out who it was. I saw someone just walking down the aisle, just like, oh, no, where do I go? <laughs> yeah, so Andy was literally there when I was, like, quaking because I was so nervous Aww. when it took off the first time. He was like, have you seriously never flown? And I was like, no. And then I think your mom told you to, like, share your peanut butter. Or your mom told my mom that you had peanut butter sandwiches to share with me. So it just, like, worked out so good. It was, like, divine happenstance that Andy helped me get through it because you had flown a lot. So like, well, that was a big flight to be like your first flight too, going yes. all the way to Italy. That's and like that's getting through Atlanta, one. that was scary. So it just helped me out so much. I felt a lot less worried after that, and my mom felt a lot less worried after that. So when I told her you were coming on the pod, she was like, "I love him so much." <laughs> but I actually know Andy because we worked together for three years, and we're really? supposed it was to that this year. Long? Yeah supposed to this year and then you know COVID happened but yeah we've worked together it's been kind of weird because when I saw you today I realized that's the first time I've seen him in half a year and that's kind of bananas because it literally used to be I probably saw you every single day for at least like three or four hours at least every day and then I ate lunch with you guys like a few times in Smokies and I was always feeling so guilty that someone was going to come be like you're not supposed to be you were allowed to eat there you worked for the Thornton I feel like I wasn't (laughs) it's okay well now Smokies doesn't really exist so that's fine sad that was really the best part of my day every day yeah i was sad when i wasn't a tutor anymore just because i couldn't go eat there for context smokies is like the bougie place you get to eat only if you're an athlete or if you work we were athletes athletics yeah we were athletes (laughs) nobody ever asked me if i was an athlete let's just put it like that they knew that i wasn't from looking at me it's because we didn't have the backpacks and the like (laughs) dripping tag. i'm also not six feet tall but anyway andy can you give us a brief overview on who andy brock is it doesn't have to be that deep but just tell the people who you are a little bit about yourself sure so yeah my name is andy um I am from and still live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I've lived there my entire life. I went to the University of Tennessee, as we were mentioning there. Um, I went there for four years. I majored in journalism and electronic media with Allison in the communications building, still with Lauren. Graduated in May, kind of virtually there. Um, (laughs) Fun times, uh, but pretty much kind of things I like to do. Uh, I like spending time with my family and friends, Um, my family, just my mom and my dad, and my sister, who's Three years younger than me, she's a stud. She lives in Atlanta, one of my best friends. So love hanging out with uh, family any chance I get because I still live in Knoxville. I like seeing them all the time. Um, any other chance I get, I'm usually with my roommates or with my other friends. 
I have a passion for sports. I'm not really too good at sports. I like I like watching them and I like talking about them and just kind of like being and working with them. Um, even though I'm not currently doing that now, but I, I just love watching sports and I've always liked that from like a pretty young age. I like traveling like we did, going to Italy. Um, and pretty much, yeah, that's about it. Well, I know you said you like watching sports and you're good at talking. You're definitely very good at talking about them. And we'll come back to that in a second. But can you tell us what your job is right now? Like what your job yeah. title is right now? Yeah, so my job right now is completely different than anything I've ever done. And, and what it is, I mean, kind of like a fancy term, I guess, for it is financial counselor. And that's over just um, in downtown Knoxville for um, a company called 21st Mortgage. And they're, uh, they loan out mortgages for um, a different type of variety of um um, homes around the country okay. and it's usually either you know like a mobile home it's a manufactured home so they make it in some warehouse and then they ship it out to dealerships and then people buy them there and they can either put it on their oh, property okay. or in some kind of mobile home park i had no idea that that was no me neither mm -hmm. when you were saying mortgages i thought you were talking about like homes yeah yeah so it's well, it's, it is it's for their it home is, but, but yeah. it's a completely different type of home it's it's manufactured it's like a business model is completely mm -hmm. different yeah That's and cool. it's like i mean there's a lot of complicated things that i don't know about it yet because i'm i mean i'm in my almost fifth month now uh but yeah i mean pretty much people are just picking out these homes that they want and they can afford and um they loan them out that mortgage and pretty much my job is speaking with people every day and kind of figuring out their situation in terms of like if questions they have or need to be answered um, if they need help kind of like working with some kind of arrangement to make their payment that month obviously it's a pretty crazy time so a lot of people are going through a lot of crazy stuff so it's kind of just talking to these kind of random people out there in the country about their situations and everything but that's kind of a long story short of what I'm doing right now that clears up so many things because uh, yeah. you told me you were working in like mortgage loans yeah. and I was really confused as to what that meant. So, so do you, you talk on the phone like all day? <laughs> yeah, so are you kind of tired of talking when you get off work? No, or? I mean, it kind of like helps for, I mean, situations like this. I'm like, I've been talking all day. So yeah, you just kind of like good. flow right <laughs> on <laughs> in the podcast. You know? all day, come be on a podcast. <laughs> exactly. You can transition pretty easily. It's kind of nice. That um, is true. But yeah, I mean, it depends. Like some days it's like you get a few bad conversations. You're like, man, I'm about done with this. Like I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. But I mean, a lot of the times it's, I mean, some of the conversations are, are good, you know, they can be rewarding and you're trying to help these people in the best way you can. And it's, it's kind of cool and it's a lot different than things I've done. So, um, I enjoy it. Did you do anything kind of in a finance background before this? No, no, no. I, I mean, I minored. I was a business minor in, in college. Did you so. take finance with? Uh, and I, I did. Yes, oh, the we exact one. About him on here we before. have talked about him on no here way. before. He's, He's kind of like a, a pain appearance. point for both of us, honestly. I can tell you on two fingers the number of class, not the number of classes, but the classes that I skipped in college, and I skipped that one for like a month straight. I never and went. if you skip that for a month straight, that you can tell you guess how many times that I skipped that yes, class. Didn't you do a marketing company at one point? I know this is not really relevant. That is to true. I, I cannot believe you pulled that out. Oh my god! I, that's such an obscure thing I told this. you. Well, you told me about it, and I remember <laughs> thinking this is so random. But that's why I wanted to ask about it because yes. I'm like that's the only thing I can yeah. think of. I, mean, I can't believe you pulled that out because <laughs> well, literally, like, sorry, after, <laughs> that is so funny. No, it's just funny that you remember that just because. I feel like I obscurely told it, told it to you one day. That's just because what Allison is. This is a filing cabinet. Exactly. You came prepared. You took notes even back then for this podcast. Yep. So what was the deal with that? Like, how did that start? <laughs> yes, yeah, so that was me and um, my really good friend and old roommate, uh, Daniel Martin, who worked with me and Allison as well at VFL Films. 
and he's just kind of this entrepreneurial type guy like he's always looking for just some random thing to do some crazy project and it was freshman year of college and we were kind of still young and like man we should try to do something like cool like start up our own business <laughs> so we started this whole marketing like company it was an llc and we like filed it and got it it was like pretty legit i guess and we would just go around and pretty much use our Knoxville connections and try to do like social media marketing for any kind of business who wanted it. Turns out no one wanted 18 year olds (laughs) doing their marketing, but uh, we had a few cool like interviews and it kind of put us in like a business type position early on, but it, it, it fizzled out by the time we started sophomore year, by the, because we did this all pretty much during the summer. So by the time we started school, getting into sophomore like, year, I don't want to like, do nah, this anymore. We probably don't have time for this. <laughs> That's pretty much the only thing that correlates to the business minor, which I also have, but I feel like if I tried to do anything in finance right now, I'm just, it goes yeah, over my head. I, mean, I thought, I mean, I pretty much can't either. It's, it's literally <laughs> currently works in. Yeah, finance. currently there, but like it, it really was like they were like we get people from all kinds of backgrounds. I feel like that's, that's true. That applies with so many jobs. It's like like being a people person. Mm-hmm. As long as you kind of know how to communicate and like, I mean, you have some kind of professional experience in whatever. Like a lot of businesses will still want to hire you despite what your degree was in. That makes sense. Well, speaking of knowing how to communicate, Andy has a lot. Of broadcast experience that we'll get into in a second about your college experience but did you come into your freshman year at UT with any broadcast knowledge or kind of knowing that's what you wanted to go into yeah actually like, the weird thing is like coming into college I think that is like what I wanted to try to focus on which mm-hmm. is kind of weird um, and usually it's like some people come in and they don't know what they want to do I kind of like came in like wanting to try to do that in some mm-hmm. kind of form just because I did it a lot in high school and that was just uh one of my really good friends, he started up our school's broadcast team in high school and was like, hey, do you want to help do some games? Like, I know you like sports and like I was his good friend. So he's like, I mean, I'm just starting this up pretty much just because we had to do like projects in, in high school, like a capstone project. Mm-hmm. And that was his. And so he kind of started that up. And so I started doing a few high school games here and there just for CAK, which is um, in Knoxville. Um started doing a few games with them and kind of realized I actually enjoyed doing it and it was fun and um, I didn't play any sports because of that so I just really started focusing on that a lot in high school and it became like a class so we got to do it like every day and we went to all these games we traveled with the football team and the basketball team did like all these games so I had I mean a decent amount of experience doing it in high school obviously I probably wasn't any good I could go back and listen to those games and be like oh my gosh like what was he saying (laughs) so you actually traveled with your high school teams to do it Mm -hmm. too yeah so we would uh, a few times we'd like if it was a far game we would like ride on the bus with them kind of with all of our equipment but sometimes we would like rent out our own like little like van to like take some of our supplies up there because we started like growing bigger and bigger because we started at my freshman year of high school and by the time we were like a senior it was like a full class we had like all this equipment we had like really grown a lot in those four years so um but yeah we we traveled a lot by the end of it we would go to like every football every basketball game so it was a lot of experience to have in high school than taking the uh, Tennessee for sure. I mean, coming from an all-girl high school where we didn't even have like two rows of a student section, I, I, they just started doing live streaming of stuff, and it's just literally a live stream. They don't even have yeah. anybody doing it, so that's really cool that they gave you that many opportunities to do something before you even got to college. Yeah, and it was an awesome experience. Like, and it was just like something that like didn't seem like a extracurricular activity, or like didn't seem like something. Oh shoot, like after school, like, I gotta go do this like basketball game. But it was like something that I look forward to. You actually enjoyed. And putting you could 
like, and... yeah, and with it being like high school and it wasn't really that serious necessarily because it was so early on, you had kind of like free range to do like more creative things, I feel like. So it was kind of a unique experience. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so you get to Tennessee. Did you know where to go next? Because uh, <laughs> where we worked, so we worked at VFL Films, um, which basically is a post like production company. So they do a lot of video content for athletics, but they also run all the in-house live broadcasts. So did you know what VFL Films was before you even got to campus and try to work there? Or was it an accident? I, I really didn't know exactly what VFL Films was. Um, I just knew about it through, um, I'm going to shout out Daniel again, um, <laughs> big Daniel Martin over here. Um, he pretty much was kind of the guy who knew about VFL Films. And so I followed him one day just to the studio because he was going to go kind of um, put his name in the mix to try to work there. And he um, already knew um, a lot of people down there um, and had some good connections to try to um, potentially get a job there as a freshman. And so I kind of tagged along with him knowing that, you know, I eventually wanted to do some more like calling games, like either like be on air in some sort. Um, But I was just kind of like looking for any kind of little opportunity just to be involved with Tennessee athletics just because, I mean, it's Tennessee athletics, so you're going to do whatever you can to try to do something. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, I just followed him in there and kind of being associated with him and being uh, tagged along and just going and speaking with some of the people down there. Ultimately, just got a chance to start doing some games and it kind of went from there. Okay, this is just a side note, but Andy, I feel like this is a testament to how good of a friend you are to people because we've only been recording for 18 minutes and you've already talked about like three instances when your friends are like, come on, Andy, let's do this thing. And then me and Allison are like, come on, on our podcast. And you're like, okay. So I feel like this is a perfect like testament of your like virtue as a person. I feel like it's also a testament to just how good of friends, I guess, I've been lucky to meet because they're just always like throwing opportunities my way and also invite me on their podcast. It's pretty cool. Wow, we're so honored. Uh, no, honestly, I'm honored to have you here before you get famous because I'm convinced you're going to be doing like Sunday afternoon baseball for the Red Sox one day. So might as well get you in now before you get you too big. You can replace Paul Feinbaum as our most famous JRAM graduate. Oh, gosh. That'd be hey, good. Give me in there. What about Peyton? He's not a JRAM graduate. He's a comp studies. studies. not in our college. Yeah, but I said JRAM. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You obviously weren't a CCI ambassador, so don't Gotta try to be on that level. That's a big mistake. <laughs> My CCI involvement was like go to class and then leave <laughs> and then go to the studio. Get out <laughs> of the same. When you started working uh, for VFL Films, which I'm assuming you started just on the SEC network, you weren't trying to do post-production stuff, were you? Not at the uh, time. Not yeah, as a it was mainly just doing kind of what we did for those four years, just doing live production and kind of just starting out there. I never really was into like editing and post production. Mm-hmm. I had no experience of like editing videos except for like iMovie. So that was never really my goal. I always was just like, I'm interested in live production and like calling live games and like being involved with live games. I never really thought about editing, but. It was kind of cool to like kind of gradually get to start to do some of that mm-hmm. stuff while we were there and just kind of being there you ultimately just end up doing like different things that you wouldn't expect yeah. and so um yeah it was cool to kind of learn along the way and kind of do some things that made you a little uncomfortable while you were there but it was it was definitely like live production from the start is where i intended to be so can you give us an overview of all of the different positions that you have worked when you worked with the sec network 
team because guys if if you don't remember this is basically what i have done and i've tried to explain but i don't feel like i explain it very well so i'm gonna see if andy can explain it better yeah, we, than we i can try to hit him because i know you've done pretty much like every position as well almost mm, but i know freshman year was so different because i mean i started a year before you did yes. and there were so many experienced people when i came in and it was like every job was locked up and it was like almost very intimidating just because like there were so many yeah. like really older professional really good at their job people in there and i was just a young freshman trying to do whatever like was available so freshman year I was kind of like a utility man I just got kind of get thrown in wherever so it was like I would and then through the years I just kind of like picked up on random things so by the end of it I ended up just doing a lot of different stuff like we would I, I did well for the most part we did graphics and me and you especially um, which is pretty much just like making those fun little pop-up boxes of stats that you see on all the live sports games. Lauren is so involved in this now because I yes. had explained to her yeah. what I do. Because oil come, I would come over here or to her room last year after we got done at Jumbotron and we'd watch football and they'd be like, okay, this, this is what I do. That was what I did. That was wrong. Do you see that number? That's not right. So. Yep. And, and it's, <laughs> it's crazy because you can like, you think in such an analytical way when you watch a game now because of that, because you're, you're focused. You're like, oh, was that full screen supposed to go in at that point? Or whoa. It's like, like that record's that, wrong. That's that record not right. record was wrong. Yeah. But the graphics is pretty much just like what we did main, like most, uh, for most of the games. And that's just kind of like building all those stat things and updating that throughout the game. I, I did replay sometimes a lot, especially a lot freshman year. And then I ran camera a lot freshman year. And it's a lot different just because, I mean, one, you're kind of more on hands. You're you're lifting a little bit more. It's a little bit more strenuous activity. You kind of get comfortable over in the studio, living the studio life, not really lifting <laughs> your finger too much. It's, it's a lot of fun just because you're all up in the action. You're more like kind of there. And being in the venue, what was like kind of good for me is because I would just get to be kind of more around the whole broadcast scenario and like the on-air talent. So I can kind of like get a more vision of like what they were doing and how they yeah. set up when you were at the venue. You couldn't really do that necessarily when you were at the studio. And, and some of the other jobs like in the venue, like being like a stage manager and just kind of being at the venue was definitely pretty helpful early on just to kind of get an idea of what was going on up there. Yeah. So like all these positions Andy just listed are basically... If you're at an SEC school and now an ACC school, students fill all of those for a lot of the broadcasts. And so we just get a chance to test them out. Andy, you did a lot more than I did because I never did anything at the venue. I've never been at the venue for a game. Really? Yeah, yeah, I've only been on graphics and then replay. So I'm very much control room trained, but I like it that way because my brain is just like rapid fire. I like to be doing things. I can't just like sit and pan and watch. Like Zari is so, Zari is my roommate that we've referenced a lot here. Andy knows her as well. Shout out Zari. Yeah, shout out to Zari. If you've listened to this point, I'm really proud proud of you but uh <laughs> she is just like the best camera person that I know she's so smart and her eyes are just trained for that but I can't my brain is like you said at this point three years in it's just like wired to do and that's how stats and graphics that's how mine became once I was more control room after freshman year it's more wired that way but it, it was always nice kind of go back here and there just because I actually did spend a lot of time over there especially freshman year yeah enter me meeting Andy so the, I remember the first game that I came in to train we were doing a volleyball match versus Marshall but I remember walking in and I saw Andy sitting at Expression. You were running AP by yourself, I think. Expression. And you had a fancy way of saying graphics. It's just... Okay. It's, it's insider, a studio thing. Insider lingo. I feel like we're going to have to put like a glossary in the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like yeah. at the venue, uh, like A2. Yes. I don't even know. If you have, if you don't I feel like people can use context because clues. And I want to give the context because people who listen are Okay, well, I didn't know here. what at the venue meant, but then I just used context clues to mean yes. like, okay, yes. Thompson Bowling. At the venue is like you're actually there. So like okay. control room people like me, I'm always in a dark control room that's in one Cold. place. Cold. And then the venue people, that just means like you're actually there. So like if it's basketball, you're actually in the arena. 
shooting on cameras or okay. working with the people who are calling the game, aka talking about the sport on TV, on the radio, that kind of stuff. Uh, but Andy kind of worked his way out of the graphics bench and into being on camera um, and also doing radio broadcasts as well. Can you kind of give our listeners who maybe don't understand what being on camera or kind of like the steps into that, what your journey was like into being able to get those opportunities? Because mm-hmm. people don't really get the chance to be on camera or like on the radio for SEC sports while they're a student. And you got to do that quite a few times. Yeah, I mean, there. I guess there really wasn't any kind of like path that was necessarily or like some kind of like script that was followed. It was just kind of like um, just kind of doing and, and working hard up until that point. I mean, you, you can't just like step on a scene in some place and like expect to try to, you know, go straight to being yeah. on camera. And I think part of that is like, I mean, being on camera is not just, you know, being good at talking. It's about understanding as well. And I think being able to like do a bunch of positions at an early on stage and like kind of get to know and be really familiar with how our production works. I think that served a good purpose in in one, letting um, our bosses know that I was capable of being able to do that. Them seeing me like really like take a like a position and try to get really good at that. And like them knowing that I had a certain understanding of how the production was done. I don't really know. It's just kind of just like taking whatever opportunity comes your way. Like if someone's like wanting you to do this, then you you try to do it. It could be like a really low like like job, but I mean like there was one instance in which I they were doing it's it's some music festival in Knoxville at the Millen Line, and it's literally like Big Ears. Uh, yes, Big Ears Festival, and this is like literally one of like a several different instances that I did like freshman year, and and I just get a text from our boss and say hey like someone needs like a cameraman to like film this like little tiny like online thing for the big ears festival and i went and like did that i helped set up for like the whole day and it seemed pointless and at the time i was like like where is this like why i don't want to do this like this is just like filming some tiny little festival going on in knoxville but it's like uh, the people you meet there they they know some people who then know other people Mm -hmm. it's like all about just kind of like building connections that's just like kind of just taking whatever opportunity would come to you and and trying to work hard at it I guess we've had people that come in to what Andy and I have done and you can tell they want to do stuff on camera but they want to be in front of the camera right away they Mm -hmm. don't necessarily put in the effort and I mean I've seen you prepare for games can you go a little bit into how you actually prepare for something um whether let's say that you're doing like an sec network digital broadcast like how do you prepare for that yeah and and i feel like me giving advice is just like so redundant because i feel like i just still just i really don't know anything like about what's going on like (laughs) compared to the pros it's like who am i to say like what is like a good strategy or like what i did and everything but the preparation like is everything i guess is like the one thing you learn is that pretty much half the job is just making sure you kind of know what's going on because if you get a, get in there and go on camera and you're just like wait who's number five or like what what's her story you're just like <laughs> you, can, you can it can be a scary moment if you're sitting there on air and you just don't know what to say so it's like preparation's obviously big just kind of like reading through like the stat sheets and the 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 game guides are I already forgot what they're called and it's just been so long game since notes. we've gone yeah the game, game notes. notes yeah going through the game notes it's not just also memorizing that stuff it's kind of just making sure you can have like a conversation about it instead of just like being a robot that can like spit out random facts or like random stats and that was like something I had to learn for sure yeah preparation was just such a like a, a big deal it'd be like just kind of sitting down like in advance and just already start like prepping for 
different cool facts or trends for the teams. It's watching their past games and kind of like noticing things and like also listening to the other commentators and what they said. I've seen your... I don't know what you'd call it, the sheet that you had made, and it had like every starting position player's number and then a gigantic box, and you just were going through and going and putting notes on like all the things from last season, their preseason stuff, like prospects for this year, and it was full of information. Like, do you ever use all of that in one game, or is it just kind of like making sure you have talking well, points? Yeah, I mean, yeah, those like little, they're like uh, little prep sheets, and it's kind of like, a little game board that and I've had so many different ones throughout like the years or the like three years that I like did a few mm-hmm. games for Tennessee and gradually they would become like a little bit more feasible like some of them were just like outlandish just like wild like I remember like the first baseball game I ever did I didn't even have one so I was just like kind of like just going with like my gut and, and kind of just really scrambled but I've kind of learned like from there it's like oh wait like we actually need to have <laughs> have a little bit of some organization here. Like, let's let's kind of organize ourselves. But um, I went from, like, one year of baseball to, like, having this massive, like, cardboard, like, poster board almost. Mm-hmm. And, like, these players, like, nicely spread out on it with, like, this, like, crazy little detailed thing to just, like, you know, just having, like, the basic things that you know you're going to talk about. And the more you do it, the more you know where things are, too. It might look like a cluttered mess to y'all but like you know mind works in a weird way so it's like you can kind of pick up on some things but yeah that's kind of part of the prep process as well well speaking of that progression do you remember the first game that you did for tennessee just your first on-air game that you were like wow it's this is it i'm getting to do this what was Uh it yeah well so my first kind of like on air in any type of sense thing for tennessee um, was with the Vol Network, which was, I mean, different from what we do at VFL Films. Mm-hmm. It's our radio station that's affiliated with the University of Tennessee, and um, it's usually, you know, Bob Kessling on the mic with um, Tim Priest or Burt Bertelkamp doing oh, football iconic. or basketball. Iconic voices, <laughs> I can hear absolutely. The yeah, it's like came into my head. Iconic voices, correct? Yeah. Um, and, and the first thing I ever did before I even did anything with VFL was um, call an exhibition basketball game. Um, in Clemson. You went to Clemson for it? That's awesome. Yeah. And it was like so weird how it happened because I think there had been a hurricane that year and this was in 2017. Yeah, this was our first year working together because I remember seriously my dad listened to it and was like, that's a student? That guy's really good. And I didn't know you at the time. And I was like, yeah, actually, he, he like I worked next to him. Our parents just really like Andy, I feel like. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but he, he listened to all the Vault Network stuff. So he was like excited to realize that that wasn't like a professional. Um, I was glad to have a fan because I was really nervous about the performance. I was like, I don't know if that was good. Because didn't the connection go out on you at one point? Yeah, it was really oh stressful. Gosh. Well, it was such like a last minute event too, just because like I said, it was like a hurricane that happened. Mm-hmm. I think it was in Houston in 2017. And they were they were gonna say like college basketball teams can add one more exhibition game if it's like a charity game towards like hurricane okay. relief, and so Tennessee and Clemson having like Rick Barnes as a connection because Rick Barnes coached at Clemson too, so they were like, hey, let's play an exhibition game, and it ended up like both those teams were ended up being really good that year, like because that was our yeah that was our underdog year yeah so yeah. it was like it was an exhibition game, but also it was like we won the SEC that year. And Clemson was like a three seed as well in the tournament. So it ended up being actually like a pretty mm-hmm. serious game. And it was so last minute. And there was a football game like literally the night before. So the football game was at home. It was an eight o'clock game against Southern Mess. And so pretty much the whole Vol Network team was like, we can't make this turnaround and do this exhibition game in Clemson at 12, eight, like 12, would it be? Yeah, it was like 12 that next morning. Mm-hmm. In, in Clemson. So they were like, we got to figure something out. And so I had a connection with the Vol Network, and his name is uh, Glenn Daxon. 
Um, and he was, he knew I was kind of interested in some of that. And he had like heard maybe some high school stuff I did. And he was like, Hey, uh, you want to give it a shot? Like we'll, we'll send you down there with a microphone. It was, it was intimidating because I like rode the bus with the team. Like with what? The I didn't know that. Yeah. Did you like talk to Admiral like or tiny Grant? little 19 year old Andy, like on the bus with the eventual SEC champion, <laughs> Tennessee team. Yeah. With like all those guys in there and they're just like. They're a team and they're huge. It's like I'm just a small little dude like riding that bus, like kind of terrified about this. this first game I'm about to do. Admiral held the elevator door for me one time and I was like, oh my gosh, he's so nice. He's so sweet. <laughs> they're so nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I saw Grant on the elevator with the cardboard cutout head of himself. Oh yeah. my gosh. What kind of is your mindset when you're when you were doing a game? Like if you can remember the last time you did one, because you talked about when you were doing graphics you kind of get to a point where you know okay this needs to go here the stat needs to go here do you kind of have a mindset when you're calling a game because it's not just you preparing notes like you're working with somebody else you're having people in your ear i don't know if people realize that that they have somebody in their ear that's talking to them from the control room you have to worry about commercials you have to there's a lot of stuff that goes into that so kind of what is your mindset when you are calling a game yeah i think kind of like the number one thing that i try to do when i would do kind of games like that it was really just to kind of be natural and just kind of feel conversational. Like, I mean, because a lot of the games I did were just like kind of like those pass through games, which was like not an actual like setup. Mm -hmm. It was just maybe one camera and me with a headset calling a game. But for those games in which like I did that and like I had a partner with me, I think just kind of like the main thing that I would try to focus on, like amongst all the other kind of noise going around was just like, you know, having a good conversation with that person beside you and just kind of trying to flow off what they're saying, just kind of be supportive towards the game because the game's going to speak for itself. I mean, you're going to let the TV and the cameras kind of do its work. Like people are going to watch that. They want to watch that more than anything. They're not there to watch you necessarily. That's interesting that you say that because sometimes I have like a love-hate relationship with going to the games in person because... I miss out on hearing the like commentators for the game because when you go to Neyland Stadium and watch it, I feel like I'm not getting all the behind the scenes like, oh, this guy is a 4.0 this season. Like, oh, this guy is like an aeronautical engineering major. Like, I kind of miss hearing like those little nuggets of information. So it's interesting that you say that people don't really want to hear what you have to say because I think that they do. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, I think it's like, I mean, I when I say that, it's like, I don't think they won't necessarily want to hear my opinion. I think oh, they, gotcha, they gotcha. enjoy the like facts. what I, yeah, they, I think people want to have those facts and like those little things that accentuate the game that are like, yes. oh, wow, I didn't think about that for that player. And like, whoa, like that's kind of cool about this team. Like, I think they enjoy that aspect. Yes. I think it's they just don't necessarily want me on there just kind of elaborate and like, yeah, pretty much giving your opinion. That makes right. sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you mind telling us what your 2020 was going to look like and then kind of what it actually looks like now? Because you've talked about finance was not where you intended to be or like what you're doing now, uh -huh. but yeah. how did you get there? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously just been just insane, like what this year has been. Um, and like just with COVID and everything going on, it really just makes you like rethink everything. It throws everything off like it has for a lot of people. Uh, my plan was to work with you with doing a postgrad with where we were at at BFL Films all this past year. I mean, we should have been starting right now. We should have been kind of um, unrestraintfully been doing sports. and In the fall last year, this time of year, Andy and I were probably doing like, I don't know, probably not September, but say it's the end of October. You could be doing volleyball, soccer, men's and women's basketball and football on the same week. And then right now, I think that for the rest of this month or the rest of this season, there's like, 
eight broadcasts, maybe. Yeah, which is absurd for one month, like we used to do. like Eight and ten days. Like, it was insane. So having those opportunities cut obviously may make it a little bit harder if you're interested in going into, like, broadcasting or just the sports world in general. It's making it a lot more difficult because, I mean, Andy and I were both trying to get jobs in that field. Um, I got to keep mine because it's an internship. But are you interested in getting back into it when things kind of get back into full swing? And yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, by taking this other job, that's not me saying like, oh man, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm completely throwing this away. I think like the, the stuff I was able to do and kind of the experiences I had, um, certainly, I mean, aren't going to be like, like going to waste at all. I think it's just something that I need to like kind of reevaluate though a little bit, just given the, the scenario mm-hmm. and things and the circumstances, just because just where like the market is right now for sports is just kind of just a big question, especially once everything started coming up in April. Um, But I think that's, I mean, it's definitely something I want to incorporate still into everyday life, you know, if given the opportunity and maybe like down the road, if things start clearing up, you know, we can hop right back into it. Kind of what COVID did was just kind of, I think everyone, it did this for everyone, kind of made you like kind of step back and be like, now what do I really want? Like you had a lot of time to think during those two months. It was like, you kind of got to make a decision on like what's next. And especially it's so hard, like when we were like about to graduate too. It's, and it's been brutal for a lot of my friends and then just for everyone really just like, especially like if you're just graduating, like trying to figure out that next step during like all this, but it kind of just made you, it made me especially think, just be like, you know, what do I want to do for this next year? What's going to be valuable, one, and just making sure, one, I'm staying busy and not driving myself crazy, um, which I think, I don't know, you've taken like, a, you've taken advantage of this time for sure that you've been doing all this with EFL and you've been doing all this other like extracurricular stuff like starting a podcast and everything (laughs) me me personally i don't i just like i'm just not as good as that as you are i can't like fixate on so many things like i feel like you're doing which is super impressive well thank you that's very sweet i feel like it's more just because i have a restless nature and i don't do good with just one thing i have to keep i have to keep moving or i just like i'm like a shark i have to keep moving or else i'll just like fall to the bottom of the ocean Mm -hmm. and i feel like for me it's like i'm really frustrated if like something like i'm really trying to do is like kind of being hindered by something I guess and that's like kind of where I felt was going on mm-hmm. like if I were to like try to and it's not saying like that as an excuse or anything but like like trying to like really put everything into the calling sports when there's not as much going on it would be kind of frustrating you know because the opportunities just aren't there as much anymore and if you're trying to like really do that every day I'm a type of guy like uh, I'm a type of guy. <laughs> I I I like a lot of like I, that's okay. I, I do it's okay well with a lot of that. structure like <laughs> structure is like pretty important for me I feel like and like having kind of like your day set and knowing what you're gonna do free time can sometimes be kind of tough when you like are not too sure not too clear about what's next so I'm the same way and this has really been forcing me to realize how bad I am about planning out my whole life and realizing that I've got to just like stop the brakes a little bit and evaluate where I'm at because every day is so it's so day by day I'm just not yeah I understand the structure and that's been the hardest part of all this is yeah, I may be like having three jobs and that's great right now, but the structure of it is so day by day, it's very difficult. I think another thing that's like, uh, like what COVID has kind of brought out for a lot of people and for me personally, it's just kind of trying to, it gives you an opportunity. Like you can't, I mean, it's not all negative. It, it yeah. has kind of presented you the all, like the opportunity to kind of really 
explore and figure out what you want to do and and i think that's kind of unique we talked about that so many times like we feel bad like saying oh this was a really good thing that came out of this when like so much bad has happened but But it's genuinely been a blessing yeah like it's been so good for us like in our friendship and like in our creative juices like it's been i don't know we would have never done this if i would have i would have been in the studio from like 8 a.m to 8 p.m every night and i wouldn't have done anything else and this has forced me to try freelance work it's taught me to try news i still don't love news but you know i'm doing it for a paycheck it's mine um podcasting like this has been so much fun and i would not have done most yeah. of this stuff yeah. if i hadn't been forced to change so it, it kind of gets you out of your comfort zone to really kind of expand like your horizons and your comfort zones and i think it's going to make a lot of people better as a result yeah and that's one positive i guess you can take from it yeah. <laughs> I think so too. Oh, wait, I do have one question for you that's not really related to any of this, but do you have a favorite game that you've ever been to? I was hoping you would ask this question. Or like uh, (laughs) a favorite game. It can be something you've been to, something you worked, maybe one of both if you have one of both, but that's just something I feel like if you work in sports, even if you don't, like Lauren, I'm sure you even have a favorite favorite game or favorite memory. memory. Because even if everyone does, a big fan, you have something that you can relate a memory to. Yeah, and I'm glad you asked this question because this was honestly, this was probably one of my favorite questions just because I like, it's fun to talk about stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I wrote down three examples kind of that Let's I, hear I thought, and I'll, I'll be brief. I think the one of the most memorable games I've been to, um, and this is just like kind of personal memorable. I mean, it's not necessarily, it was it ended up being a good game, but it was like such like kind of a random game. It was, uh, I'm a really big Red Sox fan. A really big Red Sox baseball fan, um, and me and my family were in Boston, and we got to see um, Red Sox play the Yankees. Which, if you don't know, they're like probably one of the biggest rivalries in sports: Red Sox versus Yankees, Boston versus New York. Did you know that, Lauren? Um, no. I mean, I think if somebody had been like, "Oh, are these people rivals?" I would have been like, "Yeah," but I don't think I would say like, "This is a big rivalry." Yeah, for the for the baseball like fans, like you know, Red Sox Yankees like peak rivalry. It's like. I mean, I'm trying to put in Tennessee perspective. It's like Tennessee like and Florida or Tennessee, Florida, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. yeah, it's like their, it's their biggest rival. Okay. Um, and so just getting to see that rivalry in person in Fenway Park, because like me and my dad, like the first time we walked in Fenway Park, my dad's a big Red Sox fan too. It's just like, it's literally one of the like coolest things I've seen in person just because you see it all the time on TV and then you walk in and you see it there. The Red Sox ended up winning. It was our fourth win against the Yankees in a row. It was a sweep. It was a walk-off. It was in the bottom of the 10th. They had a game-winning hit. And it was memorable because afterwards I got to actually, like, go on the field for, like, like literally just 10 seconds. Oh, they were cool. like, hey, you can hop on the field for, like, 10 seconds. I had a friend who, like, actually worked there. Um, and I got to stand on there for, like, 10 seconds. So that was, like, a dream. And then later that year they ended up winning the World Series. So it was, like, just, like, a great, like, experience. Like, we got to see that incredible game, like, be there for, like, the year they, like, won the World Series or, like, the championship. So... That was memorable just because me and my dad are big fans of the Red Sox. So I think that's the most memorable sporting event I've been to. That was my guess. So I'm yeah. really proud of myself. There you go. You got it. <laughs> that's definitely the most memorable. Probably the most exciting was uh, Tennessee versus Georgia my freshman year when uh, we had the Hail Mary. Oh, my gosh. I forgot that you were there. Yeah. I'm so jealous. You were there there? I was there there. Were you, like, top in the top so of the, the deck? So the thing was, like, we literally, it was, like, five days before, and it was me and all my freshman year roommates, and we were, like, should we go to this game? Like, why not? Like, we're undefeated still. So and I was like, we should just go. And so we literally bought a ticket like five days before and it wasn't with a student ticket. It was literally like with Ticketmaster. So we were in the Georgia like, oh. like fan section. Like we were deep in red. Like we were in a sea of red, complete opposite side from our fans, complete opposite side of like the Hail Mary. 
and like we didn't even know what had happened until we like saw because oh, i'm sure you couldn't even see no it. it was like we could barely even see it and we were like surrounded in georgia fans it was such like a rush of emotions like the whole game it was up and down yeah it was up and down and they were going crazy when they scored their touchdown i was like about to cry <laughs> and then we made our play and then like we didn't even know what happened until like we saw our team just storm the field and then we just like went crazy but it like for us it was like just us screaming amongst silence around <laughs> us so it was like crazy and all these georgia fans are so mad at us and we didn't even know who caught the ball until like an hour after the game Jawan like Hill, it was just crazy talk about a perfect broadcasting yeah. moment because now every tennessee fan can hear that Jawan jennings yeah yeah no it was uh that one was special just because it was like just i mean can't get much better than and that. your freshman That's year like we amazing. just beat in florida you get to go to that yeah. you're like this is gonna be the year. Like, we're gonna win it all like, spoiler <laughs> alert if you don't did Tennessee not. football, it was not the year because we lost to south carolina and vandy yeah. didn't even get to like, go to the uh, sec no, championship sad but that <laughs> moment will forever be just one of the best things i've ever seen i wasn't even there and i think i would say that was my favorite yeah. sports <laughs> moment of all time it was amazing no doubt and then you asked like what my favorite game i've called was mm-hmm. um the favorite game i've called was probably I think the just either one of the Lady Balls games I was able to call, mm-hmm. and it's like not necessarily just because it was like a fun broadcast, which it was. Like it ended up being really fun, but I think just like the premise of being able to call a Lady Balls game was just crazy exciting. Just because like when yeah. you grow up in Knoxville, that's a big deal. Yeah, when you grow up in Knoxville and you're around Tennessee sports, you kind of immortalize the Lady Balls basketball team like more than any other sport, just because you like see them and like they were just they never lost when like we were younger. And they still pretty much are, like, really good. But, like, when, when Pat Summit was around, it was, like, they were, like, immortalized. Like, you yeah. were, like, wow. Like, they are so good. I win national championships all the time. Like, you were just, like, man, like, this Lady Balls program is, like, they've got it going on. They're, like, the best in the nation. And then when you get to, like, call a game, like, that's just crazy. Like, growing up in, like, Lady Balls culture and, like, going to all their games. And, like, now you get to, like, call one of the games. Like, that's just insane to me. Okay, so Andy, I know you've like given a couple little nuggets of advice, mm-hmm. but is there like one hallmark piece of advice that you would give to a younger Andy or like someone like coming into UT as an 18-year-old? Not even UT, but like just your position. Yeah, uh, I think kind of like one of the main things, like number one on that list would just be like do every opportunity you can. Like, and I think that was something that I like not to like say I did anything well, but I think I'd... I like to say I like try to do every opportunity I could and like you know if something was presented that was kind of uncomfortable like oh man we have to work like a, a Sunday morning at 7 a.m. or we have to work a Friday night until like 10 it's like you don't want to do that necessarily your freshman year like I mean you have a lot of stuff going on your first year in college and you want to hang out with friends all the time um, and then like there are opportunities that are like oh yeah go out to like the middle of nowhere and try to like set up this production or or just kind of like be a guy who just like kind of runs errands for someone while they're doing a job. So it's like, I mean, there will be a lot of like, if you're really wanting to try to get into something, you got to try to take every opportunity that you can get. And I think that just applies with like kind of every job as well. It's just like, you know, be willing to try to work your way up because it's not going to, you know, you're not going to get everything immediately. You got to try to like do some of the little things first and, and, and really try to, you know, take every opportunity and work really hard at it. And then I think like another thing that I thought, uh, that kind of like helped me along the way was I mean just kind of learning and listening as you go like I made so many mistakes like the first like few games I did like so many and I still do like in in the games I did like just in March like so many mistakes 
but I think the best way to like move on is like you gotta just like know you're gonna make mistakes and like that's just how that's just what the job is like people still make mistakes that are per, like professionals like like Bob Kessling I'm sure he will say he makes mistakes even though he's probably perfect about 99.9% of the time I mean everyone has those mistakes and, and, and part of it is just going back I mean listening to what you did or and that, this is the same with anything just going back and see what you did and just being like or, and asking people like hey like what did I do wrong here can you like tell me what what I should do differently and then like when you have when you see like professionals come in, if you're like working around other broadcast people, kind of ask them what they would do in a scenario or if they can listen to some of your stuff and if they can critique you, because that's the only way you're gonna get better. Like you can't just sit there and be like, I did everything right that game. Like you have to go back and like listen and and be able to take some criticism. And then other than that, I kind of mentioned it was just like, you know, just preparation's a big deal. Okay, so Andy, we all we also asked this of every one of our season two guests. What is one professional or personal goal you have for yourself in the future, five years, near future, whichever one you want to That's pick. a great question Whatever. because, like, I really have no idea. It's, like, <laughs> such a question mark, like, and then. Um, the world is a question mark, right? Yeah, now. and that's just how it is, and I think that's how it's always been for me a while. It's like I never really know exactly where I'm going to end up, and that's, like, kind of what's so weird about where I am now. It's like, ah, how did we, how did we end up here? It's just like, well here we are <laughs> like we'll see where we are in like a year like who knows but I think like one thing that I try to do like wherever I end up is like at least just like you know embracing it a little bit I mean if you're gonna like be doing whatever you're doing I mean you might as well try to make it as positive as possible and try to like work as hard as possible because I think if you're just like not getting what you need to out of it then it's not gonna be fulfilling and maybe you're not even in the right place you're supposed to be and you you'll only be there for a few months or so but it might as well at least try to get all of it out of it that you can Maybe I'm not supposed to be at the place I'm at here long term, but um, might as well just try to work hard like while I'm there. And I think that's the attitude like I want to try to carry like the rest of the way, no matter where I end up, is just like just trying to work hard, you know, and and also just trying to, you know, communicate well. I think that's another thing that I want to try to do is just like get like I might not be, you know, calling games right now, but I'm I'm talking to, you know, people on the phone and trying to improve my communication skills every day. So just communicating well is another kind of goal I guess I have but in terms of like aspirations for where I want to be in five years I'm really not too sure like it's just it's just a who knows at this point but might as well just try to work hard where I'm at right now that's literally what like everyone says I think because I feel like our graduating class is going to be the most resilient group Group of of, individuals ever because we all are just like what is life right now we're all just having to figure it out day by day yeah which so. is teaching some of us more lessons than others. Yeah. Mainly me. But Speaking of figuring out day by day, like I know you mentioned when you were in high school, you were like, or right before college, you were like, yeah, I'm going to be a broadcaster. This is what mm. I want to do. What did you want to do when you were like five or 10 or 15? Like, did you, you have other ideas? It's funny, like, because I like literally had never known what I was going to do. Like, if you, you never even me, like dreamed about yeah, it. Yeah, no. Like, when if you had asked me when I was like six, I probably would have been like, yeah, I want to be a baseball player or like, I want to be like, I want to be a pro football player, like some like crazy, like outlandish, like athlete type deal. So, I, I mean, I never really like knew what I wanted to do. I always did like kind of model after my dad like I looked up to him and he's like a really good communicator in his field and he's always dealing with people and he was always just kind of like seemed like he knew what to say so I think I would try to model a lot after that um but just kind of in terms of like what I wanted to be I I don't know I just always kind of like sports so it was always kind of just like kind of lean towards that like I know when I'd play like my video games I'd like turn down the volume all the way and like pretend I was like calling those games like when I was like seven 
I love so that. Like, that is so sweet. Yeah, my parents, like, when I started doing it in high school, my parents would be like, shouldn't you, like, be practicing for, like, this game, like, that you're about to do? Like, I'm, we're kind of nervous for you. And I was like, no, my practicing is, like, with Madden. Like, I'm, that's why I'm playing video games all night, Mom. I'm practicing. <laughs> <laughs> it literally work. Yeah. That is so funny. Well, I said I wanted to be famous, and Allison said she wanted to be a baker. So, like, we're yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. No, no one, no one when they're younger says, "Man, I want to be a mortgage servicer and debt collector." Like, or no one, no one says, "Like, man, I can't wait to like be an archaeologist, like, like start doing all these." Like, man, man, I can't like, wait to be a total public runner. relations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is so funny. I know you have a question. The last question on here. I know you're very excited. You said you wanted to ask Andy about this because yes. he likes to travel. You did mention earlier that you like to travel. Yes, Andy, what is the first place you want to travel when quarantine is over? Because I know you travel internationally and you travel like in America a lot. So I'm curious to know. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Honestly, I and it's like the answer is kind of simple. Like, I mean, I loved when we went to Italy and got to see all the places down there. I would love to go back. But I think honestly, like I would probably just like start with like going to like a few places in America. Honestly, like I've never been out west. Me either. Like I've never I been to either. like California or like you know like the Grand Canyon or Yosemite. I mean, I've been I've been to Colorado and Utah before, but like I've never really like been out west. I think that would be where I want to would want to go next and just kind of like go around there and just see like kind of what's up in California and just uh, just kind of explore some of that area before anything else. Which, I mean, I feel like that's kind of more feasible yeah, at some point. Yeah, next year, yeah. Yeah, that should be, like, pretty easy Especially to Especially if you're going to some of the places that you just mentioned. Like, yeah. Yosemite and the Grand Canyon, you should be able to do I'd that. I'd love to get, like, a yeah. camper and just, like... Just go to yeah. mm-hmm. a national park. Not yeah. go to any hotel, yeah. That'd and be I, awesome. Yeah, and I know Cali's uh, kind of shut down still a little bit, but, like, it'd be... You can get there a lot quicker than we'll be able to go back to, like, Europe or oh, yeah. out of the country, so... I'd say that's first on my list. So Andy, where, if people want to keep up with you or follow along with your journey before you, you become <laughs> a really famous play-by-play man, where can they find you? Um, we, you don't have to say like your actual ads, but uh, we can put it LinkedIn. below. I am so bad at social media. My social media game is <laughs> awful, which I feel like that is a big thing in the media world. Like you gotta be good. And I know um, you two are very good at that. So. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can follow me um, at Andy Brock twenty two on Instagram. <laughs> My Twitter is Andy Brock thirty three. Um, I mean, you can ask Lauren and uh, Allison for my number if you want to text me. I guess, but yeah, that's about it. I don't have any other plugs really. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Andy Brock. Allison and I were both talking, and we felt like this episode. We thought it was going to be very like sports niche and then it turned out being just so relatable to the class of 2020, just what everyone's kind of going through right now. And I think Andy had so many golden nuggets of advice and I'm actually really excited to make the snippet that I make every week for our episodes because <laughs> I think it, I'm going to have a lot of options. I think so too. And just like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be like you're looking at a career in sports. Like Andy specifically talked about and everything he's done, he's just tried to work hard. Um, and he didn't say this, but I'll say this about him. Like he puts it, he will put his head down and do the work and doesn't expect something to come of it. Like he hopes something will. And I think that that's something that anybody could take away in like any career, especially those of us who just graduated. And I mean, Lauren and I don't know what our next year is going to look like either. So trying to pick a professional goal or a personal goal, like that's tough when you don't even know what next month is going to look like. So I think just that mindset of just work hard at whatever you're doing in this season and then see where the next season takes you. That's something that I definitely 
took away from this. Yeah, and even his advice at the end, like, even though we are currently in such different fields, I feel like his advice spoke straight to me, and I was like, that's mm-hmm. literally perfect. I need to listen to all of his advice and take it to heart. So that's awesome. I feel like that was a really good episode. And even though he said he's not great at social media, like, you know, that's okay. I'm not either. Lauren does all that for us, but we'll have everything linked below if you want to get connected with him. I don't know. He said you could give, we could give you his phone number. You can just like slide in his Twitter DMs. I don't know. <laughs> He's probably going to love that I said that, but whatever. And on that note, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into our, the one of the week. If you are new around here, we actually pick one thing every week in a true nod to Taylor Swift's song, The One to kind of go over our biggest highlight from the week and the thing that we just can't stop telling people about. So, Allison, what is your the one of the week this week? Well, guys, you should be proud of me because if you listen to the last two episodes, I'm not continuing the trend to pick something that is BTS related, so we're going to move on from that. Uh, This week, I actually just today discovered that there are people who have created really good dance workouts on YouTube. I don't know why I didn't figure this out during quarantine because I'd paid... You love Zumba, Yes, I love Zumba, and I had paid for a Bar 3 class. Lauren loves Bar 3, and I do like it, but I like it better in person because I like that they can come around and correct your form and stuff. So, I just was trying to go on walks or like do Chloe Ting videos if you know who that is and like hers are fine don't get me wrong but I'm like I just don't want to do 17 planks okay I just literally hate doing planks so I found these dance workout videos and a, there's a girl whose account I cannot remember the name but I'm gonna link it below with as we always do with the one of the week and she did a TikTok, TikTok dance workout video there's two of them and I just felt really cool while I was doing them because you get to she incorporates some of the like dance trends in it too so it I, I it wouldn't do it just for your workout alone if you want to do something else like i add in some core stuff but you like sweated and but stuff, it, yeah so. i definitely sweated and it was also a lot of fun so i will link those below and also just if you do a youtube search for your favorite kind of workout you can probably find good stuff the only bad thing is other than this girl that I found that did the TikTok dance videos, there's not necessarily, like, music that gets you motivated because of the it's copyright all. issue. Um, but you could always just, like, turn it on and listen to something else. So that's mine is TikTok dance workout video from a poster that I'm not really aware of, but we will link that down below. I love that you mentioned that because I just forgot randomly. Like, you know how you won't think of something for, like, 10 years and then a memory will come into your head, like, all the vividly? Time. It's always before okay, I fall well, asleep. this was just last year, but I would do these random like 10 minute workouts like 10 minutes and I was like I I am going to be a fitness queen and for my wedding I'm gonna get in shape like I'm gonna look (laughs) amazing I'm gonna do this 10 minute workout and be transformed like I did that all the time and now I'm like why did I do that I'm so tired of running I don't say this as a joke after running that half marathon I feel like my body has PTSD in the sense of like I try to go for more than a mile and a half or two miles and my body's like, please don't make me keep doing this. So I'm trying to do other things like walk up hills, run upstairs, like do TikTok Mix dance it up. videos. Yeah, I'm just trying to do different stuff. So YouTube has been a helpful resource. Do you think someone would like the TikTok dance workout if they didn't watch TikTok? Um, even... I don't know, probably not because you're going to be like, what the heck are these songs? But the girl who posted it, she has like a One Direction dance video. Oh, okay. She has like 90s hip hop dance videos. Like she has a bunch. So okay. you could probably find something. And the ones that I found are like 15, 16 minutes long. So I did two of them and then did some other stuff. So you could just like pile it up. Lauren, what is your the one of the week? 
Okay, well, mine probably feels pretty random, but Preston and I have been in the car quite a bit recently, and we really, really love listening to podcasts together. We don't listen to self-help podcasts at all. We listen to, like, business podcasts or just um, sometimes, like, murder mystery podcasts, but we have a hard time finding ones that we like. So we've been in the car a lot lately, and we had kind of taken a hiatus from listening to podcasts together. But then I, we went to Gatlinburg to hike last weekend, and I had been hearing so much about the Dolly Parton's America podcast. And I was like, well, you know, we're going to the Smokies today. Like, let's listen to this Dolly Parton podcast. Maybe we'll like it. Oh my gosh. These episodes are edited like a movie or a song like I have so much respect for the way this man edits his podcast and I think after you make a podcast even though I don't edit ours I feel like I just have a new appreciation for the production the production value and also the content is amazing because he interviews Dolly Parton like a lot I it's actually really have good. heard somebody else recommend that. So I, I recommend check it, out. it to anyone. And also, it's very inception-inducing like because... Okay, so there is a class. Dolly Parton actually has an honorary doctorate from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. I'm kind of just putting this in context in here in case people aren't from Knoxville. But she is, like, very involved in East Tennessee and Knoxville and Gatlinburg. And that goes without saying. But... There's actually a history-based class at UT called Dolly Parton's America, and that's where the podcast got their idea for their name, Dolly Parton's America. So he actually comes to UT and inter- sorry if this is a spoiler alert, but he comes to UT and interviews the Dolly Parton's America class from whatever semester this came out. And it's so interesting because like me and Preston just picture this interview happening in HSS, and like we picture all of these places and like he's talking about Dollywood like while we're in Gatlinburg and like it was just very cool but actually one of the um girls in the Dolly Parton's America class went on the travel uh study abroad trip with me and Andy so it was just really cool to like even more be very close to it so if you're from East Tennessee you should definitely listen to it if you're not from East Tennessee you should still listen to it because it is amazing do you think there's anyone in East Tennessee that doesn't like Dolly Parton um actually the girl who I just talked about from our study abroad trip she is not from East Tennessee she is from Mississippi and she does not like Dolly Parton again do you think there's anyone from East Tennessee that doesn't like Dolly Parton Oh, no, I'm just saying that as a joke. I just feel like, I feel like even, I mean, I'm from Chattanooga, so I'm not even from Upper East Tennessee, but I just feel like people here, she's the token. Yeah. She's so great. She does so many wonderful things for people. You gotta get behind the facade. She does so many wonderful things to help people in the community. That's why, like, this girl told me that she didn't like Dolly Parton, and I was like, you need to not say that to anyone from East Tennessee, because as an outsider, like, you just don't really feel that same like kinship with her that a lot of us do so yeah I just highly recommend the podcast the music that they play is so good it's like made me want to listen to Dolly Parton all the time but yeah I'm obsessed with it and I really want you to listen to it Allison I probably will I'll have to add it you'll to my like list. it and it's a limited series so it's not like you have to stay up to date with it like every week so well, one thing that was fascinating to me is when I was at Disney a lot of the people that I worked with there was like a guy that's from California a girl that was from Hawaii and they all kinds of people and they heard I was from East Tennessee and that was one of the first things they asked me about because they loved Dolly Parton. yes I think she just appeals to so many different kinds of people that okay, she's like yeah. she's like pizza she's like the great unifier <laughs> have you listened to the first episode of the podcast yes 
partially yeah because he talks about like i listen I, I remember listening to part of it and then okay. i just didn't finish it yeah because he talks of the reason he starts the podcast is because he hears someone refer to a dolly parton concert where literal church ladies are standing next to like drag queens yeah like jamming out to this music and being respectful to one another and getting along and they just talk about how dolly parton is the great unifier but why is that that's gonna do it for our episode guys like lauren said towards the beginning we're halfway through season two uh i'm excited for the three people that you've gotten to hear from so far but we still have three people lined up that I would say some that some similarities in cases to the people we've had already, but very different fields. We have people that, you know, social media savvy, uh, working in agriculture communications, like retail experience and growing a starting business. Like there's some good stuff coming up. So just stay tuned for the rest of the season. Make sure to continue hanging out with us by following along on Instagram at nice to have a friend pod, where we share show updates, behind the scenes making of the show, and our favorite memes and trends, which are my personal favorite things that we share. Stay tuned next week for another guest. This guest not only has a big YouTube following, but she also has really been able to thrive in her internship experiences throughout college, working in New York several times, working for the Coca-Cola company, twice um we won't give you too many more hints because i feel like that probably spoiled it for a lot of you but stay tuned for a new show next week all about internships and taking next steps and also just diving into the world of content creation on different social media platforms and how those all interconnect thank you guys for joining us today and as always we hope this episode reminds you it's nice to have a friend bye